It's time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. We've been talking a lot about these tools for thriving, and that would kind of kind of build your thriving toolbox. And so I want to add another one today. And this other one is, is kind of interesting to me on, on how we think about this in our culture because it's become a very popular idea that a lot of people don't understand. And that is the idea of mindfulness. Now, the idea of mindfulness actually comes from Buddhist thought. Whether you believe in a Buddhist religion I believe Buddhism has some of the greatest philosophy and psychology of mind of any place in the world because they understand how thoughts enter into us and, and distract us from our daily life. And so the idea of Buddhist, from Buddhist thought of mindfulness is how to be really in touch with where you are. It's interesting that term mindful. It's like your mind is full, but it's quite the opposite is when you are really awareness. If you think of of your awareness in a situation, then you have a much better idea of what mindfulness is really about. Now, in our culture, it's been used so much for stress reduction. You know, we talk about mindfulness and how it helps with stress reduction, and it does. But in Buddhist thought, it really is about trying to get to insight, to understand how your thoughts get in your way. And so my, my hope is that In the same tool, you'll find both stress reduction and a deeper level of insight in your own life and and how we fill our time. Because part of what we live in right now is a very distracted culture, and I say it for myself too. When I go running, I often take music along with me. And so I am somewhat distracted from the experience of running. Now, what I try to do every now and then is just leave everything behind and shut down my thoughts. I was talking with my, my mom the other day, and she said, what do you do when you're out paddleboarding? What do you think about? And I said, I try not to think. You know, I try to be taking a break from all the thinking I do. And this is one of those things that probably drives my wife crazy. I'm always kind of processing and thinking. And, and ideas pop into my head, and I got to write them down because they're going to go away very quickly. But I, I tend to be uh, doing a lot of thinking all the time, even on vacation or wherever I am. And it's just kind of going on in my head. And so when I go paddle, my attempt is to be really mindful of that experience, be aware of the sensory experience of that, be really grounded, oddly as it may sound, grounded standing on a board that's floating in the water and going in all different directions, but grounded into that process and the feel of that and and how the whole process feels to me, the weather on me and, and all those other pieces. There are times when I'm paddling, and it particularly happens when I'm paddling on uh, the salt water, that suddenly I become aware of the waves that are around me in a way that connects me with this universality of the, the motion through the universe. You know, it's as if I can see these waves kind of moving along. And I've realized that part of how that happens is because I have at that point become mindful of the experience, really, really in the experience. But we don't do that every day, do we? I mean, we spend so much time distracted. You may have seen those YouTube videos of people who are walking through parks looking at their phone and tripping over things, or walking across the street, looking down and almost getting hit or even hit because they're distracted. Or you might know the facts about how distracted driving when we're trying to drive and and text or or trying to drive and read something is so dangerous. It's worse than drunk driving in many ways. And 
Years ago, I'm driving down the road, going to a meeting, and I look over at this person beside me. It was early in the morning, and this person beside me had a newspaper folded over the steering wheel, had a cup of coffee in the hand. The other hand was holding a phone to the ear, and there was a cigarette in the mouth. I want you to think about that, all those distractions. First, they're driving down the highway, right? Second, they're reading a newspaper. Third, they're talking to someone. Fourth, they're drinking coffee. And fifth, they're trying to smoke a cigarette at the same time. That is the opposite of mindfulness. That is mindful. It is complete distraction. And I'm sure what they were thinking is, while I'm driving to where I need to go for business, I can get this conversation out of the way, read the paper, catch my caffeine, and get my nicotine fit, right? And all of that's going in. And and you might go, wow, that is crazy. But we all do that kind of crazy. How many times you sit at your desk or sit somewhere where you're busy and you, you get that food going in your mouth? I mean, really, in some ways distracted eating is partly because the food we're putting in isn't particularly tasty, right? You go to McDonald's not because it's going to be a tasty, great meal. You go to McDonald's because it's quick and fast and cheap. And so we sometimes mask those issues with distracting ourselves even while we're eating. So you live in a distracted world. We watch TV until you know bedtime. We cut that TV off or even fall to, to sleep with that. Or, or we have music in the background, and I, I claim that and raise my hand and, and blame for that. And you know we have these distractions that we carry in our pockets called phones, and we have these tablets that can keep us distracted. And have you noticed how much that's been ramping up? Well, mindfulness is a way through that. Mindfulness is to return to the fact that there is a place for us to be aware of how we are in the world and what's going on in our body, what's going on with us around us and what we're feeling. And so when we do that, we begin to be aware of something. And you remember we started off this whole tool conversation with the fact that a thought is a thought. If you remember, I talked about the fact that when those thoughts pop in our head, that's not reality. That's thinking about reality. It's not the experience It's the thought about the experience. And so when we remind ourselves that a thought is a thought, we're able to drop that. We're able to let that drop to the side. And remember that thoughts are what make you feel a certain way. If you need proof of that, try to make yourself angry or happy or joyful or whatever you want to, jealous, whatever that feeling is. And the way you're going to do it is by thinking about something that made you angry, happy, jealous, whatever. And you're going to bring that emotion back. Because our thoughts lead to emotions. It's not the events around us. It's not all the things that we talk about as the stressful moments that are making us stressed. And I put that in quotes. It's our thoughts about those things. It's our thoughts about how we move in that direction. Some years ago, I was on a plane. We were flying. I was flying to a business conference, and these guys in front of me were a couple, a couple of salesmen, and they were talking about their day coming up. We were flying early morning, and they're talking about their day coming up. and And they both were, you know, kind of upbeat, outgoing salespeople. and And so I listened to them, and they're like, "Hey, how you doing? Oh, great. How you doing? Got these, you know." And they're going on about all the meetings they had that day. And then they start talking about how, boy, it's going to be a busy day. And then they start talking about how rough a day it was. And then they start, talked about the fact that you know they go on these call after call after call, and it's not successful. And pretty soon, both of them were so morose, the rest of the trip was a drag to listen to them complain about their lives and their job and everything else when they started out upbeat, only because they began telling a story 
having a thought and telling a story about how bad it was going to be. Nothing had changed. The plane had not changed. The destination had not changed. Their itinerary had not changed. Nothing had changed except for their thoughts about it that led to their emotional state. That happens to all of us all the time. Mindfulness is an attempt to circumvent that. It's an attempt to bring us back to the fact that we are experiencing something that we can truly experience. Think about what that would be like. Sometimes I'm kind of jealous of my dog. My dog likes to go outside and just lay down on the deck in in a sunbeam, right? And what I am clear about is at that moment, my dog is thoroughly enjoying the experience. Not thinking about what's coming next or not thinking about when am I going to get fed or not thinking about anything other than that sunbeam feeling really good on his fur. We humans have this thought thing that gets in our way. The Buddhists call it the monkey mind, where it's just chattering in the trees and, and calling our attention and, and pulling at us and trying to point to all those interesting things. And when we ignore it, you know, fleeing poo on us and all those other things. So that's part of what we're struggling with is trying to figure out how to circumvent that. Mindfulness helps us do that. So there's some simple ways that you can try out some mindfulness. It's, it, this, it's one of the simplest things to do because all you're trying to do is experience it. So let's try a little bit of that right now because you can do this at any point. If you're sitting down, right now I want you to just notice the feeling of the seat underneath you. Just notice how it feels to be supporting you and notice your weight against it. And notice that if you're in a chair that it it goes up your back, that you can feel your back now pushing against that back of the chair, right? That it holds you up. And if your feet are on the floor, now become aware of the floor. Notice you can feel the floor. Notice your toes feeling the floor. Notice your big toe feeling the floor. And notice that it holds you up. Now notice whether there are other noises other than me around you. Do you hear air conditioning? Do you hear some other process going. If you're in somewhere else, it's cold. Maybe you hear the heater turned on. Or if you're outside, do you hear the birds chirping? If you're inside, do you hear other people talking? Are you aware of the sounds? Are you aware of the sounds around you that you hadn't noticed until this moment? Now, just for a moment, notice your hands and how they feel, whatever they're doing, what they're feeling. And notice how suddenly you're more aware of that. And notice your breathing. You probably hadn't noticed it up till now because it's doing its own thing. You're breathing. But notice your breathing in and out. Just notice it. You don't have to change it. You just notice it. Now notice whether there's a breeze, any moving air across you. Whether it's a cool breeze or a warm breeze. Do you... Do you feel some movement, even if it's ever so slight? Can you feel the movement of that breeze? Can you feel it pushing against you? Now I want you to focus. Focus your attention on that space between your nose and your lip, that little dimple that's there. You probably hadn't noticed it right until now that it feels the temperature too. Notice the temperature at that point. Now notice that 
that point, that one little place, was out of your awareness a minute ago, and now it's in your awareness. And you might have lost awareness of you sitting on the seat or the floor holding your feet or your hands. Notice how hard it is to hold all those sensations at once. But as you recall them, your mind goes back to them. Your body begins to experience them again. Notice your breathing again. Notice the feeling you have right now. And what you will notice is that you're fully immersed in the experience around you, not in your thoughts. You're probably a little immersed in my words, but you're also immersed in the experience of the air around you, the floor underneath you, the seat below, what your hands are doing, what your breathing's like, that little place between your nose and your your lip. All of those are there, aware and waiting for you to be aware. So one way to do this exercise is a couple of minutes a day just to sit still, wherever you are, in your desk, at home, in bed, somewhere, and just sit still and begin to notice your body feeling those things. That's a mindful exercise that lets you reconnect with the environment around you. Another experience of that is called mindful eating. It's when you slowly look at the food you're about to eat. Notice the texture of it. Notice the colors of it, the flavor, the smells of it. Notice how those smells help you taste it better. And then when you take a bite, notice the texture again. Notice the flavors. Notice the different levels of the flavors. Notice how it feels to chew and the texture that changes and, and, and how the, even the taste changes as you go. And then notice the feel of it as you swallow and it goes down into your digestion. And then notice along through the day how the food is moving through your body. Just be aware of that. How's your tummy feeling? Does it, do you notice that feel as it's digesting? The change in your energy level as it diverts some, uh, some space there, some, some resources there to take care of that food? You can eat mindfully rather than rushing through and, and kind of shoveling it down but you can eat mindfully. You can drink mindfully. And what you'll find is the more mindfully you eat, the more healthily you do it. When you start really tasting things, you realize that you want something that really tastes good. And when you start thinking about how it's nourishing your body, you want something that's nourishing you more fully. And so mindful eating can change your approach to food because you're reconnected with what you're actually putting into your body. The third way that I would suggest you just experiment with mindfulness is mindful walking. The next time you're out walking, don't take your headset with you. Don't take a distraction with you. Just experience what it's like to walk. A number of years back, I started walking barefoot as much as I can through the year until it's just too cold on my feet. I walk bare feet. And the reason is because I want to feel the earth below me. I want to feel what it's like. I also realized, having been in some other cultures, that we are the ones who use shoes all the time, that our feet are actually made to, to go barefoot, that that's how others experience the world. And what I notice is that now my feet naturally react. When I step on something, they naturally pivot away from that hard thing, that hurtful thing, and that my feet are much healthier now because they do the work that they were meant to do. But more than that, it keeps me truly grounded 
right? I'm feeling the ground below. And so one way of walking mindfully, whether you go barefoot or in shoes, is to notice the sensation of slowly walking across. Notice the feel of the earth below your feet. And notice the other pieces, how, how your legs feel, the muscles, how they move, and your knees, how they move, your hips, how they move. Notice your, the feeling in your, your core of your body as you move forward and, and how it, it kind of keeps it up with you and your arms and how they move. And, and notice the feel of the air around you and the sun on you or the lack of sun or the cool breeze. But notice those pieces and try to do that for more and more time. Start off with just a couple of minutes. And this is true for any mindfulness exercise. We're not good at this. It's like this muscle, this mindful muscle we have has atrophied. So we have to rebuild it slowly. You can't just do 20 or 30 minutes of mindfulness because you'll get distracted. Your brain will start talking to you because it's not used to that. But if you give it some time, it'll catch up with you. You'll grow it stronger. The muscle will come back. And so what you're doing now is slowly building the muscle. So go for a couple of minutes, two, three minutes, and then go for four or five minutes, and then shoot for 10 minutes and 15 minutes. And soon you'll notice that you can be mindful and more aware of your surroundings for more and more time. Now, this is the tool to do on a regular basis, not when you're stressed out, but all of the time, knowing that you're helping yourself to keep a better perspective to be more grounded in the world. And you'll notice that your emotional state follows that because less of the time is spent being caught up in the thoughts. And more and more you're aware that those thoughts are just that, just thoughts. And you get to choose how you're going to deal with them. That's another tool in your toolbox. That's the mindfulness approach, just how to use mindfulness in your life. If this has been helpful, if you're wondering where the kind of the thought process behind this is, it's my book, The Thrive Principles. You can go find that at any bookstore, wherever you like to buy books, or you can find more about it at thethriveprinciples.com, thethriveprinciples.com. I would love it if you would look into that. It's 15 strategies for building a thriving life, and these tools fit naturally into that approach. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to have a thriving life. You've been listening to the Thriveology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thriveology.com or at thriveologymagazine.com. Remember that Thriveology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it.